Welcome to another edition of Journey of Hope. Glad you could be with us today. The Journey of Hope is a podcast that is specially designed to address the issues that we need to discuss in preparation. Pete Cockerbury is going to be with us today. He's going to be a bit of time. He's totally reinvented himself, and I want us to listen to what he has to say, and maybe there's some nuggets we can pull out of there and apply to our reconvention as well. So, Pete Cockerbury is right after this. so much. I'm so excited to be on here. Thank you, Rodney. Can you give us a little bit more background about yourself so we know where you're coming from? Well, it's, it's interesting. You know, uh, going to prison for me was what some would term as the dark night of the soul. Um, you know, I, I think kind of I, I heard you say before that you, you lost everything uh, before you went to prison. And um, it basically, right before I went to went into prison, I actually one evening uh, was about to just walk out to my garage and take four bottles of pills, and I had a bottle of wine, and I was going to turn on there. I was going to be comfortable. I had a playlist. I had it all. <laughs> like I had it all mapped out. You know what I mean? And um, something stopped me. And said two things. Like I just heard this voice in my head. It said, "Number one, your daughter's going to be the one that finds you, and my daughter is my life." And number two, there's something cool around the corner that you're going to miss. And it didn't tell me what that cool was. And so somehow I survived that night. I found a phone number for for a, a emergency room up like in Tennessee and talked to some amazing angel of a nurse for like three hours. And, and anyway, uh, so I decided at that point that, you know, you can always step out of life, but you can't step in. And if you've really lost everything and if you're really at this point, then why don't you just go for it? You know, why don't you just do it? And so I was looking at a, a lot of things. You know, I was, uh, I had, um, I mean, I'm, I'm gay, but I had been in a straight marriage for years. I've never, you know, I had stayed closeted the entire time. And so I just decided to just become my authentic self. And it was interesting. It was in prison where uh, my spiritual path really began. I, I, I met uh, a, a guy there that was, became a good friend of mine, and I said to him, I said, I've met every single fear in my life except for one. And he said, do you know why? And I said, no. And he said, because you've been focusing on them your entire life. And I just met this dude. 
And I realized that what I had done through my entire life is in order to be able to be stronger and conquer my fears, I had focused on my fears and thought, okay, what would I do in this situation? What would I do in that situation? And when I really contemplated it, I realized that I had actually literally written the script for my life from those fears. Like, literally everything I had thought of happened. Um, so I just went through uh, just like a rebuilding and started reading about the law of attraction, started praying, started, got a life coach, and, and stepped from that point. And I always knew that year 50 for me was going to be a game changer, and I didn't know what that meant. And that was where, like, my eyes opened up to universal consciousness, and, and uh, I started connecting with, with angels and all kinds of wild stuff, like literally like dead people started talking to me. It was, it was crazy, and I like had nobody to talk to about this, or, and people were just like coming out of the woodwork, like like hitting me up on Facebook, hey, you know, I've got a problem with this, can you help me? And I'm like, I don't know, let's give it a shot. Next thing I know, you know, we'd, <laughs> we'd be healing them, or, or banishing their house of negative energy, or helping your dog with arthritis, and just all this just crazy, just all over the world stuff, and so... Um, uh, I, it's just been this really kind of magical, when I say magical, it hasn't been easy. I heard a quote the other day that said, you know, if you do the, the easy stuff, you have a hard life, and if you do the hard stuff, you have an easy life. And I think for us, the hardest thing is to problem, is to come to terms with our own consciousness and really understand how creative we truly are and reframe absolutely everything that we thought about ourselves and about the world and our own potentiality. I think that could be really tough for a lot of people to really get. Were, were, you, uh, were you a studious guy before you went to prison? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I really was. You know, I had, I had uh, gotten a, a master's degree with a minor in computer science simply because I wanted a degree. I mean, I, I had nothing to do with my vocation at the time. I just... Uh, uh, decided to go back to school to get a degree because I wanted my daughter to think she had to get one. So I thought, well, what do I what do I like? Uh, I like math. Well, let's just you know we'll go for math. And then you know, and, and <laughs> what I love about math is what, what I love about all things is when I see the connection between things. So it's so interesting to me how I see the connection of spirituality and God with math. You know what I mean? And with quantum physics and with all these other different types of things, like, oh, that's that. Oh, and, and that's that's, a, that's saying exactly the same thing as this Buddhist monk says, and that's saying exactly the same thing that Jesus said. It's it's wild to me, you know, how I see those correlations, and that's what gets me really super, super excited, is that the truth is the truth. There's just a, so many different ways that you can approach it. Um, I want to get into what it is you do here in a second, but before we do that, I want to just ask you, okay, so, by the way, how much time did you do? I, so, I'm extremely blessed. I, I know my blessing. I only did four months in a federal penitentiary, in a low penitentiary. So, compared with other people's story, mine was, and I, I understand my privilege. Yeah, that, you were, you but know. you were in there, so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I know there was no walk in the park, I'm sure. Um, so... They, what I'd like to know before we get into what it is you do, I'm just curious. They open the gates, you walk out. Then what? Did you have uh, job prospects, a place to live? Tell us a little bit about that. So before I had gone in, because I'm a very organized, like, and I'm a very in charge, and, and I always felt like everything was my responsibility. Um, I literally worked four jobs before I went to Brazil. I literally slept 11 and a half hours a week. Um, 
And the reason I did that is I wanted to keep the bills up. I wanted to, you know, my daughter to be okay, um, you know, and I also kind of prepaid for like two months to uh, for a room in a friend's house. Um, so, and the one thing, <laughs> you know, we always, we always talk about rehabilitation of prison. We both know that's a huge laugh. But the one thing they did say while I was in there was that if you became a welder, you would always find a job. So when I, when I got out, um, I went kind of straight to my friend's home, and uh, I already had it. So I already had, like, a few things in place. I still had a car, although I owed money on it. Um, I had a cell phone, you know, things I'd kind of, like, gotten kind of banked for myself, right? Um, and I did a study, and I found that there had been a law written by, uh, by uh, President Bush that uh, actually... Um, if you were, I forget what the term was, but basically if you were not able to get a job because of prison or things like that, that there was a program where they would pay for your schooling, and that included welding. So I signed, I went down to my state uh, unemployment office. I don't know if the law is still in place. I can't remember what the law was. Um, and they were like, no, yes. And, you know, and it, was, it, it, it was so enlivening to me because it was the first time somebody actually admitted to me, yes, you're going to have problems. Because, you know, you talk to these people like, oh, just be, you know, be positive and oh, yeah. you know, put out a thousand resumes. And yeah. like, it was the first time somebody actually admitted, yes, you are going to have a difficult time. <laughs> and but they were also there for me, right? So I was able to go through welding, they got a welding certificate. And I remember when I, when they actually told me that I had a job, I just broke down and cried. And they said, why are you, and I was just sobbing. And they said, why are you sobbing? And I said, because I never thought it would actually, like, I, you know, I, I was so scared I'd never be employable again. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I started working for a small uh, welding shop that does, like, manufacturing and uh, things of that nature. And, and started working for them and worked there a few years. Um, and then, you know, there's so many different things that you can do. Before I had gone in there, I had uh, been a, a field inspector for mortgage companies where you're going out and checking out foreclosures and things of that nature. So I got back up again with that company. Um, and for some reason, they didn't do a background check, I guess, because I'd done work for them before. And so uh, it was a terrible job, you know, going and checking on houses that you know, people are living in that are in foreclosure. But I made lots of money because I worked really hard at it. And those things allowed me to kind of come back up. Um, and then I went on to, a, as a career, as a couple of things, but then I went on as a career as a car salesman. And the interesting thing, <laughs> if anybody's ever in car sales, they will basically hire anybody. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so that's, I, I'm about to be in transition again, but that's currently where I, where I am right now as a car salesman. When I got out, somebody told me, welcome to the world of sales. You know, they do this crazy thing in Texas prisons where I had a, I have a degree, and when, before I went to prison, and because of that degree, I didn't qualify for any of this vocational, and it's just ridiculous beyond belief. I have a degree in history. I was a school teacher. I mean, how is that going to, you know, ain't going to be doing that no more, you know, so... Right. Right. You know, how is a degree? They, they figure that a degree is going to help you with employment when you get out, so you don't need the vocational They're dumber than me. <laughs> That's the way right. I look at it. Anyway, so you landed on your feet, and um, good for you, dude, because um, a lot of us don't. And um, yeah, you're right. You should be grateful because it sure didn't have to oh. go that way. But. You know, um, you, you, gra- 
grab those opportunities and you run with them. I mean, you know, that's the thing mm-hmm. to do. So you have, you're known as the, let me see if I get this right, the angelic encourager. And you do live course uh, coaching where you offer courses online and so forth. What is it, Pete, that you teach? Tell us about that. So my thing is is empowerment through authenticity. Um, you know, however you approach spirituality, whether it's through Christianity or Buddhism or the angels, you know, it doesn't really matter because it's all, it's all one thing. It's, just, it's, a, it's a different aspect, a different way to look at it. And for me personally, it connects with uh, the angels, which really are just a part of God, but they almost have like this kind of personality for me to be able to like have like a personal one-on-one relationship with them. Um, so my main thing is just to just to try to open people's eyes to how empowered they really are. That they really are the creators of their own reality. Just the fact is, we just keep creating the same reality over and over again. That's why we feel like stuck, or we feel like we're in a rut, or like there has to be more to life because there is more to life. You know I mean, it's right there in front of us. So that's my main thing is just to uh, uh, just empower people and, and to, to let people know that you can live in a state of joy 24-7. Now, joy is different than happiness, right? Joy is a, is a different frame. And, and in a state of joy, you take in, like, the commandments of, like, we're not given the spirit of fear. And no principality or power here on earth can harm you. You know, you take into those and, and the great, you know, uh, talking about abundance, about if you ask, you know, it is given. And it's, it's this point of stepping into that space and not judging the outcome of it or not, or, or you know, like you say you, you prayed for like a big house, you don't get the big house, you're like, well, it must not be worth it. You know, you just, you just stay in that, in that, that vibration or that, that frequency of that you are given that and it may just take some time to come to you and whether it does or not, you have no, you have no skin in the game of the outcome. Right? It's more about the way you live and the way you approach life and how you feel. Because anything that we want in life, the only reason we want it is we want the feeling we think it will give us. Well, the amazing thing is we can have that feeling right this very moment. You know, you can experience peace and you can experience abundance and you can experience all these things because it's you that gets to define that. It's you that gets to decide what that looks like or, or how that is. You know, in your mind. So, um, you know, when we when we do that, when we realize that, then we have that that power. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and when you're coming to this realization that it's you know you that controls these feelings, and um, I'm just curious how you get there from here. Um, is meditation a part of that? Uh, how do you do that? How do you get your mind to where I'm the one? And I can be happy right now. For someone who's in a tight spot or, you know, life is slapping them in the face, how do they get to that point? You know, it's all about the practice of it. It's all just, you know, number one, making the decision. And that's, that's the work. You know, that is absolutely the work of it is... Number one, deciding that that's possible for you, and then just diligently working on it. And that's where faith comes in. You know, faith is the idea that it exists, whether or not you have any proof to show that it's true. That's what faith is. Faith is 
walking out onto that glass bridge, not knowing if it's going to support you or not. You know, faith is just a knowing and an understanding with nothing that tells you it's true, right? And that's that, and that's the work. That is the work. <laughs> and people try the hard work. Who is the angel Hamid? What is that all about? Uh, Hamid is uh, actually the angel of miracles. Um, supposed to be so bright that all you can see are simply his uh, eyes, also known as the Christ light or the crisis uh, angel. So the interesting thing is that um, if you if you read the Bible and you look at say like the palace and you understand that there is a at least a tenfold possibility of any obstacle or challenge that you have, you can start getting really excited about challenges and obstacles because you can understand that those are simply your opportunity to get something more. If you think about anybody that's been successful, about anything that's achieved, anybody that's really achieved something that we think is great. They went through a challenge or an obstacle before that happened. Like they, it was not an easy road. They took something and they turned it around and made it into something more. And that's how they did it. That, and that's what you've done. I mean, you're, a, you're a wonderful example of that. And that's why I wanted to have you on today. Tell us a little bit about. Now, you've got. Uh, do you have a podcast? What is, did I say? I'm sorry. Do you have a podcast? Did you? Did I uh, yeah. I, yeah, I do. I do have a podcast. I have a podcast where, um, you know, I've got one that's called, well, actually, so my newest one is, um, my newest one is called, uh, oh my goodness, my brain just went, <laughs> my brain just went completely blank. Um, Thank God I'm Queer is my newest one. And I also have one that, that because it, it, and it's, it's kind of a take on humor, spirituality, um, inclusiveness, you know, it's kind of like a, a take on all that. And I do have a YouTube uh, that is just the Angel Encourager. Um, as well, so all that is all that is there. Mm-hmm. And how do we how do we find your courses? Where do we do that? Uh, most of them on Udemy. So if you look at Udemy and, and look for um, you know Picasso, and you see that on there. Right now, I currently have five courses. I'm building lots more as well. Um, about to start putting some on a different site, but that right now is where I have them. Peter, wish we had some more time. Um, I really like what you're having to say, and you're. Just the way you're living your life is a wonderful example for those of us that are serious about reintegration. I really appreciate you being here today, Pete. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate you so much. Okay, we're going to take a real quick break. We'll be right back right after this on Lightning Matters and your own Well, sometimes I get an email saying that you've got an idea for a show or someone who would make a good guest. Um, I do look at those, so and I'm open to suggestions on that. So send it on. It matters, Rodney, at yahoo.com, M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at yahoo.com. Well, that's all for this time. Remember, if God is for you, he can be against you. We'll see you next time right here on the Journey of Hope.